to all the Red Cube listeners. We are delighted today to be joined by the VP of Employee Experience from Populo, Yvonne Frost. Yvonne, this is crazy times we live in. Uh, how, how have you been? Hi, Carl. Thank you so much for inviting me on, onto this podcast. Definitely. I think you're spot on. The, the last 12 months, it definitely has a, been a very, very crazy time. Looking forward to the, to the next stage when, when hopefully restrictions start to lift and we can start to get back to some kind of normality. So, but, but doing well. Thanks for asking. Brilliant, Yvonne. I think things are becoming a little bit more positive out there with vaccines, which is great to see. Um, Yvonne, I suppose a good place to start is you, you might give the listeners a sense of your own career journey, uh, sort of into your current role and a sense as to who Popolo are. Absolutely. So as, as you quite rightly pointed out, Cahal, I'm the VP of Employee Experience in Popolo. So a little bit about the business itself. So Popolo uh, was founded by uh, Corkman, Andrew O'Shaughnessy. And when I joined the business, I was employee number nine. Uh, I, I joined a small business in Bandon, uh, County Cork, that had big ambition for growth, but, uh, you know, uh, it was unproven at that time. But now, uh, you know, I've been in the business for 16 years and we've grown our employees uh, to, to over 260 employees. We've, we've uh, our head office is here in Cork. We also have an office in, in Waltham in Boston. And uh, over the past 16 years, we, we've, we've grown the business to really a leader in the employee communication space. So what the business does is we help the, the, the largest and most successful businesses in the world communicate effectively with their employees. Uh, so that's what we do. When I joined the business 16 years ago, I actually joined in the customer success department. So my background is in design and web design. And as you can imagine, when I joined a, a small business of nine people, uh, my role was uh, what presently is around six different teams all wrapped it into one role at that time. So it was a fantastic experience to grow with the business uh, from that startup stage to now being that kind of global leader in our, in our space. So it really, really has been a, a complete whirlwind, but a, a, something I'm very proud to have been a part of. I was wondering how long it would take before we got the cork mentioned in, but uh, we, we, we got it mentioned straight away. So again, it's fantastic. Another Irish success story, um, do, do, doing great things out there. Uh, Yvonne, you started off in design, design and, and, and now you're an employee experience. Any sort of elements of that design role that's useful in terms of the current role? Uh, absolutely, Cahal. And, and starting off my career in both design and in the customer success department has actually was a great foundation to move across into uh, employee experience and HR. And I, and I do use that approach and skill set quite a bit. If you think about it, the, the practices, particularly around customer success, where you're focused on the, the customer, what their needs and wants are, and that you're listening and adapting your approach based on what the customer needs that, that's essentially what, what employee experience is about as well. In regards to, to design, uh, I'm very passionate I'm still about design and very interested in it. But similarly, you know, that design thinking approach where you look at the user, you take an iterative approach to anything you do and you try to understand the needs and wants of the user is something that really employee experience is all about. So that you're absolutely spot on. I, I've used those kind of foundation skills and approach in, in my role. I do it every day. And sometimes you just take it for granted. 
Thanks, Yvonne. Um, and the the obviously the core thread that uh, the Red Cube podcast is all about is is all things culture, right? And look, as we know, there's lots of talk about culture and its importance uh, and its importance to business. And um, for you, Yvonne, what what is culture and why is it relevant to Popolo's business? I suppose I put culture. There's four fundamental elements that I think define the success of any business and that's vision strategy culture and leadership and i think of those four culture is kind of the cornerstone of those and what to me what culture is it, culture is how your company behaves you know how 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 you get things done your attitudes to each other to your work and to your customers and that's key so as we've grown popular you know, we always actually from when that when I first walked into the business, when we were nine employees, there was something I felt special about our culture uh, and our people. And a, the big challenge we had then was holding on to that throughout such rapid growth. And as we were hiring lots of people into the business and as, our, you know, strategically, we were, we were pivoting at different stages of our growth. Culture is what kept us together. And ultimately, I attribute our culture as one of those uh, foundational elements of our, of our success. So people can, you know, there's a lot of, of thought. Sometimes people can be cynical on the importance of culture, but with vision, strategy, culture and leadership, and they're all quite interconnected. I believe that culture absolutely is the cornerstone call. Brilliant. And, and on those four elements, Yvonne, then maybe we'll link in two of them, right? So this idea of strategy, and culture, right? So, so interested in hearing about the people strategy that you have in place in, in, in Populo and I suppose what drives that people strategy, you know, what determines what strategy you, you choose upon? Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a really interesting one. I, I think the overall business strategy is key to defining what the people's strategy should, should be. And I think sometimes people can make the mistake of kind of embarking on defining a, a people strategy without looking at that through the lens of the overall company strategy. And what I mean by that is, and this is where I think sometimes in the HR function, leaders can be overly focused on, on the function itself versus the impact it has on the business. And, and what I mean by that, maybe just to give you an example, learning and development is something, just as I'm just picking it as an example within uh, the HR or people operations space. You can't look at your approach or your strategy around learning and development within your people strategy without understanding what the business is trying to achieve strategically over the next 12 to 24 months. And what I mean by that is let's say, for example, just hypothetically, if your business is trying to focus on raising your, your customer net promoter score, I'm just picking this as an example now, Carl. If that's one of the strategic focuses in the business uh, to drive customer retention, then you need to, to do a dotted line back into the people operations overall strategy and back into your learning and development approach to make sure that everything that you're doing is driving that business outcome from a learning and development perspective. So coming back up out of the weeds there for a moment, Carl, I think overall your people's strategy, and I believe in keeping things 
absolutely simple, right? But our people strategy in Popolo at a very high level is it's about hiring exceptional people and bringing them into our business, okay? Then it's about creating an environment where those people can do great work, where they can learn, you know, develop their careers, create great working relationships with their colleagues, and ultimately be proud of how their contribution is driving our strategy. So if you take that approach of getting great people in, creating a positive environment, really what people operations is about is, is often sometimes about removing obstacles or barriers to helping people uh, achieve success and then influencing the, the culture when things go a little bit off track to make sure we're, we're staying on track. And then the rest is around, around aligning people, making sure there's, there's kind of proper communication in the business and effective communication to keep people aligned as they deliver on the strategy. So I think the starting point always is with the business strategy. I think that's where any uh, HR people operations leader needs to start and everything needs to be mapped to that business strategy. Brilliant. So business strategy into the people strategy and, and, and things flow from there. Yvonne, actually, I love the specific scenario you gave there around the business is looking to raise, we'll say, the NPS score of the customer and then how that links in with learning and development. I think you've touched on a real challenge, I guess, for many businesses. Um, could you actually give us some specifics around how that challenge of the NPS score and how that correlates then with what we need to do around learning and development? Sure. And, you know, we're very uh, blessed in, in, in Popolo. We, we've, a, we've a high uh, customer NPS score. But as an example, just as an example, there, there is a strong correlation between, you know, your employee net promoter score and your customer net promoter score. And really what that is, is that if you are able to build an engaged team in your customer success function, that team will ensure that your customers are looked after right and and that's proven that's that's not just me saying that uh that that's that's proven in the industry so then if you think about your people strategy what do you need to do to ensure that definitely from a learning and development piece but just for a broader piece is around employee engagement within that customer success function to drive a really positive net promoter score so comes back to my, my general people strategy any hires that you're bringing in do you, are you bringing in people that are aligned with your values and your culture and who have that customer centricity are you onboarding them in a way that builds cohesive teams and sets them up ultimately to succeed on the learning and development does your customer success teams you know do they have the skills and competencies required and this is kind of where the, there's, you know, this is where people ops over, overlaps or HR overlap really closely with the customer success leadership around understanding what does good look like in how we support and, and, and service our customers and how does that map back to, to key competencies and what's the fastest and most effective way of delivering those competencies to your customer success teams what are our learning outcomes, but also how are we going to track that that is sticking? And then you, before you know it, you have a nice series of kind of metrics that that are linking your uh, customer net promoter score 
to all of the activities that are happening in your in your people function. But as I said, Cahal, I believe in keeping things really simple and uh, not overcomplicating it. But the, the role of, of the people leaders and the people working it within the people operations function, you can see automatically, even as I'm speaking there, they need to work with the leaders in the business. Just as the example I gave you, they need to under, work really closely with the leaders so that they have a, a, an understanding of what's required. And I think that's the piece, Carl, back to your question earlier when you asked me, you know, you know, coming from designer, coming from customer success, what do I bring across? I think that the, the piece where I've been very blessed in my career is that I have come from the business into the people function. So I didn't come from outside the business straight into HR or, or people. I've come from within the business. So because I've done most of the of the roles or been exposed to, to many of the roles in our business, I understand what challenges these teams have, uh, what's key to their success. And it means that I can influence our people strategy and everything that we're doing to support them, because I think ultimately that's what it's about. And, and Carl, as you know, in the past, you know, if we went back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, the HR function sat in an office in the corner of, of a building. It was about compliance, procedures, protocol, avoiding risk. And it didn't, as a function in the early days, HR often didn't understand the business. But now that has completely changed. And what I try to do ultimately with my team and with the function is to put us at the center of the business. And we can only be at the center of the business if we understand the business and if we are advocates and experts on the strategy, because everything that we do comes back to that strategy. And, and my team need, need to be able to articulate the strategy, understand the strategy, but in particular, understand the key challenges to delivering on that strategy. And that cascades right down to if we're, if we're hiring for a new role, you can come across a candidate that has an unexpected experience or skill set that can help solve uh, some, some, uh, some of the business challenges. So everyone needs to have their sight on the, on the, on the strategy. And I think it's, it's, it's a step that sometimes people overlook how critical that is. Absolutely. And, and it's extraordinary to see the career journeys of, of many people now in HR and, and have come from different parts of the business and, and uh, now find themselves in HR and people experience. And, and I think the more, I guess, we, we position that employee experience as a real destination role for, for people, I think the better the, the, the culture will be. So, so it's clear, Yvonne, you spend a lot of time um, yourself and your team in listening to your employees. What are the specific ways that you listen to employees uh, within Poplo? Absolutely, Carl, you're spot on. And, and look, early on, when I stepped into this role, I, I was tasked with the, with the communications piece. And you know, you naturally have to learn and, and develop your, your skill set. But what struck me early on is that the importance of the fact that communications needs to be two ways. It's not just sharing information. It's about listening, you know, and and listening is key if you're actually going to to align people. You need to meet them at their starting point. And the only way you can do that is by listening and understanding their perspective. And I think that's some it's a place where people sometimes 
they don't start. They're more focused on what they want to say than actually understanding their audience and where their audience is at. So, you know, I'll give you some specifics, but on a broader level, what I'd say to you is that it's kind of listening is woven into everything we do. So if we're going to make any change in the business or, you know, set strategic goals for a particular year, things like that, any kind of change, all of our leaders and in particular our CEO begins by sitting in with small groups in the business listening to uh, to their experience, their understanding, their starting point around what's going well, where can we improve? And often by doing that, you'll you find that there naturally would be some things you never thought of or a perspective that you, you weren't aware of. And it means then that any future communications can be tailored to add the context and clarity to, to help people bring them on the journey. So I'd say, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's just a general approach to start with listening. On a kind of tactical level, over the last 12 months, with all of the acute change that's happened with working remote and all the rest, what we've got into a nice little cadence of creating a channel for our employees to ask any question into the business. And that's open all the time. And every Thursday, we send a newsletter, we call it The Loop, uh, it includes a message from our CEO, a video message from our CEO, weekly update, as well as between kind of maybe three to four videos from the rest of the business, might be from business leaders or it might be from particular team members talking about progress uh, in their area or, or updates. But that video loop allows us to answer the questions. So everyone has questions. It can be, they can be related to strategy. They could be related to something they think we can do better it may be related to something we didn't think of uh so it can go from you know high level to a very tactical question it might be goodness we've, we've had enough of those virtual social events can we try and do something different you know it could be anything that people you know what's on your mind just let us know and and that kind of weekly cadence of giving people you know a chance to ask questions we'll answer the questions and add as much kind of color and context as needed it was interesting when we started that exercise the first few months there was a, a really a lot of questions but then we found out you know you answer those questions and then you you learn from the questions so that your general kind of comms is given the the, the required level of detail and then it kind of settles down to a nice kind of two to three questions every week but er everyone has what they need and it creates this nice culture of openness and transparency and and really at the end of the day you know there shouldn't be any question you can't answer clearly uh, and there's nothing i you know particularly in 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 popolo there's not there's nothing i'd be afraid you know it, it's just a, it creates that that community of, of of openness and transparency so that has really helped I think then on top of it, you know, we send, uh, we've been sending actually daily newsletters during the acute part of the lockdown, but we now it's kind of two to three mailings a week. And those within those communications, it can be anything from business updates. Uh, we have a wellness Wednesdays where we focus, our wellness team focus on, on content specifically our wellness. We have our diversity and inclusion sometimes, uh, actually I think every second Friday or they, they focus on that content. And it's, it's lovely because it creates this lovely sense of, of community around it. But woven through that, we use surveys and we gather sentiment on specific topics, you know, and, and there's great engagement with those surveys. That's another way of just simple surveys, uh, kind of 
pulses throughout uh, throughout different times through the year is very helpful. Um, another way of listening is we've kind of mapped out our employee journey. So for example, when someone starts after the first two weeks, we send a detailed survey to understand what their experience was at that stage of the journey, what went well, where can we improve? So the employee journey has a few checkpoints around listening. And then of course, back to yourselves, Carl, we have a very detailed Great Place to Work survey every year which is a great listening tool because the depth of questions and the nature of questions and the interplay between those statements is key for us keeping on track what we do when we get when we get the results of that survey is that we get out to the business and we and, and if there's issues that need to be tackled before we put a plan in place to tackle them we will we will sit with kind of uh, listening sessions with kind of cross-functional teams depending you know if it's in a particular pocket of the business we'll sit with that pocket of the business and we'll try to understand the problem before we try to jump to conclusion because sometimes you'll find with the surveys that if you take a knee-jerk reaction to solve the problem you think you have to solve actually when you take a bit of more time to understand the issue and understand people's perspective your solution may not have been the best solution and actually I find over and over again that sometimes the root cause of, of any problem in a business is around not, not communicating effectively. And sometimes if you just take the time to make sure that people understand the broader context, my experience is people are very reasonable and communication is key. So I think a lot of problems come from poor communication. The last one around listening is we've begun to run a quarterly uh, employee net promoter score. And with that, there's naturally an opportunity for people to share their perspective on where they would score higher on that employee net promoter score, what we need to do better. But what I like about it is with all of these different channels, you get a sense of what are the issues you need to tackle. So often at this stage, there's nothing new coming up. It's something that we're already focusing on fixing. Yeah. Um, so really what it is, is making sure that people know when is that going to be solved or where, you know, progress on that particular work stream, you know, what, what can, you can expect next, which comes back to the communication as well, Carl. So it's, it's interesting. And often the listening practice is an opportunity to reinforce what I guess you're already doing. It's a communication opportunity. Redcube listeners, we have plenty more to discuss with Yvonne in part two of this podcast, which you'll find in your feed shortly. In the meantime, be sure to like, subscribe and review. Thanks very much for listening.